Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to News for Thought, giving you your bi-weekly news that will pull back the curtain and show you the truth. At least we always try as hard to show you the truth. So I'm going to be doing this podcast on my own. Um, it's been difficult as far as scheduling for Denora to be on here. But this is very important. So before we get started, don't forget to rate the podcast. Very important. It allows other people to be able to see um, uh, to see the ratings, to kind of see if they like it or not. And it also kind of gives me an idea, too, of when I'm doing bad. <clears throat> also, um, don't forget to share the podcast. Uh, if this podcast helps you, enlightens you, and helps you in any way, well, it's good for other people. Also, last, um, do not forget to subscribe. It's important to be able to subscribe. You get all the notifications of all the new podcasts. Sometimes I drop some extra ones, or sometimes uh, it takes me a while to be able to get to some of them. Like this week, um, I've been putting a lot of thought into this week's podcast because, especially with our situation with our world right now, that's happening. Um, we just went through. If you've, as you've probably seen all over the news, all over social media, they're probably talking about Ukraine, Russia. And if you haven't heard about it and you're hearing about it first through me, well, you need to get your head out of the ground and pay attention to some other stuff. So let's kick this off. All right. So first of all, Bob Saget, Bob Saget's death now in this, uh, in these last, I think, month or so, uh, Bob Saget has passed away. And Bob Saget's death, it seems a little bit suspicious because Bob Saget, um, at first it was just kind of a regular death. He passed away and he died. But as kind of some autopsy or some, it's started to come out from the New York Times that Bob Saget's death was a little bit off. His head, when he, they found him sleeping, laying on his bed. But when they looked, the back of his head was completely crushed in. So it's fractured, almost like if there was a bat hit, uh, a shovel that hit him in the back of the head. So this was all reported by the New York Times that his hat was caved in. There was a fracture um, in the autopsy. So this is kind of being blocked and the family doesn't want it to be talked about because they want to just kind of put this uh, death away. And I totally respect that. That's all up to the family, how he dies, where he goes, if he was murdered, if he wasn't murdered. Really, it's up to the family. It's up to nobody else's business to really decide that. But I do find that a little bit suspicious. So Bob Saget's death was a little bit weird. Now, moving on to the next thing. In the last two weeks, Governor Youngkin, Governor Youngkin from Virginia enacts a law barring school from mask mandates. Now, this was reported from the NBC News, uh, which is very important. Especially now, there's a lot of different places where they're beginning to stop these mandates. Now, CDC in these last month or so has begun to put some new updates onto their website. Um, the director also has put up a lot of new things, especially because uh, we're, we're living in a time where there's so much information running through Twitter, through social media, through who knows where, through different doctors that can just jump on YouTube that have big credentials, a lot of credibility. So they can kind of expose things for what they are. And CDC, if they would have not reported this, which since the beginning, to me, I'm sorry, but the whole COVID-19 
seemed a little bit suspicious, especially because COVID is a virus, right? So a virus, it's, it's an organism. And every single organism, its desire is to live. So if a virus uh, wants to live, it be, continues to adapt from host to host, bettering itself, right? So if you don't know, the more, um, the more dangerous the virus is, the less likely it is to transfer from host to host, or the less contagious it is. But if the virus is very, very contagious, it's actually weaker and weaker. So in order for it to be able to jump from host to host, it needs to be able to move very easily. So, and, and it, it can't be as potent. So you see, that's what made COVID-19, for those of you who don't know, so dangerous is that it was at right at the perfect balance in the beginning when um, when it first started off because it was at the perfect balance of being contagious but also being deadly. But of course, as viruses continue to develop, they get weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker as the time goes by. And that's what's kind of happened with COVID-19. Now with the CDC, they are beginning to expose a lot of the truths because a lot of big name doctors are kind of calling them out. So you can only tell so many doctors that you don't know what you're talking about or Facebook or Meta, whatever they call themselves now, I don't know. Um, you can only fact check so much. After a certain amount of fact checking, it becomes, okay, you know, come on. Like, you guys are obviously lying about this. So CDC, in order to maintain some credibility, at this point, needs to begin to tell the truth. Because imagine if we are funding, right, because if there's some government funding, if people... Uh, are paying this for this for these studies uh, for the Center of Disease Control to continue their studies to continue keeping up with all these things, and they're not doing their job and they can't tell you the truth and their numbers are always way off. So if, let's say they go three years running where their numbers are completely off, and we find this out in ten years, because remember, 10, 15 years from now we're gonna find out absolutely everything that's happening in the world. Right? This is what happens with everything. Ten years later, you find out about everything. So. If they find out that 10 years later, they lied about three years, which collapsed the economy, they're going to say, okay, hold on, wait. These people did not know what they were talking about. So they need to maintain some credibility here. And they cannot keep saying these things that are not true. So they've kind of begun to kind of come out with the truth a lot more. So Governor Young King has enacted a law barring school from mask mandates. Now, a lot of different states have also stopped this. Connecticut, our state, has also stopped this. Um, a few different states kind of collectively did it at the same time. Now, interesting, another news. Now, this one's on everywhere, right? Um, this one, Dan Bongino had talked about it. Um, uh, I think Fox News had brought this up. Um, a lot of different news stations. So uh, how they portrayed it might be a little bit different. But before the meeting with all of the nation, right? So, so all the different states, so the union of state that Biden had, before he had his meeting, the day before, the whole, the whole state was completely red, especially the city in which he was in. Now, the day after, the day, the, the day before he did the, the union of state meeting, it was red. On the day of the Union of State meeting, it all turned green. Okay? So, this is a little bit weird, especially because it's impossible. Or I think it might have been that everything went green the day before. 
and then two days before it was all red, something like that. But anyways, the point is that it all happened on one shot. So on one shot in one day, completely the whole state changed. We went from, uh, they went from having a danger zone to all of a sudden a safe zone. Okay, what are the odds that this happens in such a dramatic form from going from red to green out of nowhere? I think what it is is that Biden wanted to save some face and seeing that all these different states were beginning to uh, take off all these mask mandates because they're realizing, like everyone else is realizing, that these mask mandates are useless. They have nothing. They, they do absolutely nothing. So for that reason alone, I believe that maybe what he did was let's make the switch now. So, you know, we don't look like the only ones that are kind of idiots sitting here with masks. That's my belief on that one. So you see, uh, you see how little by little the world really is kind of opening up. Also, this one, this one touched me obviously a lot because it's I'm a Christian. So this one kind of shows me exactly how the government is imposing their ways in China with different, um, with, with ways to kind of alter whoever, whether it be religious, whether it be uh, politics, whether it be just, uh, I don't know, whatever your, I don't know, philosophy, I guess you could say, would be. So, the Chinese changes Christian text, claims that Jesus stoned a woman to death for committing adultery. So this comes from the Union of Catholic Asians News. So it's the UCA News. And this was very important because they, how they portray Jesus is, is very big. Um, if you see, we have here um, from the headlines, it says, In the original biblical story in John 8, Jesus goes to the temple courts where the teacher of the law and the Pharisees bring him a woman caught in adultery and ask Christ, if she could be stoned, right? So this is the original text that is written on there. Jesus writes on the ground and then tells them, let anyone of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. After the woman accusers leave, Jesus tells her, go now and leave your life of sin, right? So this is what it says in John chapter eight. Now, this is what the Chinese textbook uh have written in, 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 in the way that their communist parties, their dictatorship, their, I don't know, socialist way, uh, have changed the text. Now it says, when the crowd disappeared, Jesus stoned the sinner to death, saying, I too am a sinner. But if the law could only be executed by men without blemish, the law would be dead. So the Chinese changed that text, saying, that the that Jesus stoned the sinner to death. So when the crowd disappeared, then he stoned her. Now that's not what it says, and I'm telling you because I have a whole bunch of Bibles in my house. I have the Jerusalem, St. Ignatius, I have the American, different versions of the Bible, and none of them say that. I'm telling you, none of those say that. So UCA News, right, Union of Catholic Asians News reported this, that the Chinese have changed the textbooks. Now, this is very important because the Chinese, in order for them to impose their ways, they got to kind of switch some wordings around in different religions, different philosophies, different ways of living uh, in politics 
in order so that they can justify a lot of their laws, a lot of their way of thinking. Now, this is something that uh, Kim Kim Jong Kim Jong Un. I forgot how how it is that you pronounce this guy's name. So, the leader of North Korea. Uh, let me see. Let me get this. I want to say this right. So, the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong Un, is um, he does this. He, he does a lot of propaganda to be able to show the people all the things that he does, which he does absolutely nothing. He acts like he teaches all of the uh, helicopter flyer, the, the helicopter pilots, the um, airplane pilots, the jet pilots, uh, all the agriculture, um, all the biologists, um, engineers. He, he acts like he teaches them absolutely everything. Right. And there's a lot of propaganda of video of him showing people how to fly, uh, him showing biologists how to be able to do their science, him showing agriculture, how to be able to get the most out of the earth, um, him showing engineers how to fix things. And everybody claps. Right. Everybody goes, wow, good job. And the whole of North Korea, you got to remember, because they all think that he literally does not go to the bathroom. He doesn't pee or poop at all. Like this is what North Korea believes about Kim Jong Un. So they all believe that he's like this God. They run after him. They see him like a superstar. He is the most famous person in North Korea. He's looked at like the best of the best. So he, he hides a lot of truths away from the people so they believe certain lies. So they grow up only knowing one thing, right? So this is what China's doing. They're kind of taking the same way that North Korea has done things, which has allowed the people to believe Right. Because if the people don't believe what they're doing and you just impose your ways and your thoughts on them, eventually a revolution can happen. But if they never know the truth, then all they do is live according to what it is that you're telling them to do. And they do it happily because they believe it. So they're not the lifestyle is not being imposed on them. It's the only thing they know. It's the only quote unquote truth that they know. So you see China is beginning to do this with. The religions, the philosophies, the politics, all kinds of things. They're changing things so it benefits them in every single way. And the people believe what they believe. They want every single Christian, every single Catholic to believe that this is the way that this happened. So, in other words, in this, in this verse, what it says is, when everybody leaves, Jesus stones this person to death. He kills him. And he says, well, I'm a sinner too. So... It, it, it's kind of saying like when we murder people, well, we're sinners too. We're all sinners, but somebody's got to pay for the law. So that's definitely terrible news over there happening in, in China. Now, we also have uh, here. Let's see. We also have here um, in Let's see. We also have what's happening here is this This is the biggest one. This is what took me so long to be able to kind of get this whole um, podcast out was because I was doing a lot of research on this is what what is being called the Great Reset. Now, this is very important. If If there's anything to listen to and if there's anything to share from all the podcasts that I do, you got to share this podcast. This is very important because... We 
are living in a time where if you do not see this, you're absolutely blind. You have to be a fool at this point to not believe this. Remember, I'm try, I try to say things as factual as possible. I know a lot of people probably didn't like the last news for thought because I spoke about, you know, um, how this LGBTQ, right? I don't care what you do. Whatever you do in your life is fine. I don't. But I do want the truth to be told. And what's not being told is a lot of the statistical numbers and the analytical data that has been run on people that have changed, um, that have done sex changes, right? If, if you can't understand, and I'm going to repeat this again because this is very important. This is, this is this, the psyche of the mind, okay? I, I want everybody to understand this. Because I know that this must have been a controversial thing from the last uh, News for Thought podcast that was dropped two weeks ago. If, if you don't understand who you are, you'll understand absolutely nothing in life. Okay? If you can't grasp who you are, nothing in life you'll be able to grasp. Right? If you don't understand that the biggest sufferings of your life, you should always confront them. And face them head on and see the beauty that every suffering in your life has brought and what it has made you to be, what, how strong. Either it's made you weak or it's made you strong, right? And if you can't grasp that, what it does is it takes a hold of you and kills you, right? In, in, in the ontic self, right? Your being, your, your inner self, your whatever you want to call yourself, right? Um, and, and if what happens is if you don't understand this, then you never understand why people suffer. You never understand why anybody should suffer. You don't understand, you know, you, you'll look at your child. You're going to want to protect them from all suffering. Nothing makes sense. But if you're able to understand the deepest, darkest parts of your life and how strong it made you be and how it can make you the best possible human being in the world, that the most deepest, darkest suffering can, if you can come out of that, how strong of a human being God has made us to be, well, then guess what? You won't understand anything and you're going to want to escape everything. This is why to understand the core essence, the beginning of who you are, which is your sex. If you cannot grasp with that, forget about it. Forget it. Everything else is, is, is off the table. You won't understand anything in life. And you're going to want to flip the world and society around so it fits your ideal way of thinking. And, and this is not right. It's important that we live in truth. Now, if you haven't heard the podcast of truth, check that out. It's very important that we live in truth. Now, this, this one is another one that I think a lot of people are probably not going to like too much. But share this podcast. I'm, I'm going to say every link and everything that is being said. Okay. Now, the Great Reset is this book that was written by Klaus Schwab. Now, now Klaus Schwab was, uh, was a man who, who was mentored by Maurice Strong. And I'm going to talk about Maurice Strong in a little bit. But Klaus Schwab kind of has formed uh, different groups, different foundations. But the last foundation that he formed, or, or the biggest one, let's say, because I think he's formed another one ever since, but is the World Economic Forum. Now, in the World Economic Forum, he talks about the Great Reset. Now, there's a lot of things to talk about on The Great Reset, so I'm not going to get too deep into this. But I'm going to explain how The Great Reset is exactly, exactly like communistic, Marxist, socialist rules and laws. Okay? Now, what The Great Reset talks about, Klaus Schwab, in his book, right? This is the book. It's called The Great Reset. 
This is Klaus Schwab that writes this. He says that he wants to create one world economy, one world health, and one world entrepreneurship, all ruled by a new world order, that you will own nothing and you will be completely happy, that it will be all a communist, a, a communal way, right? There will be no more individualism. So even those of you who believe in LGBTQ, okay, if you believe in this great reset, it's to say that your L, your G, your B, your T, your Qs, if you're straight, if you're a man, you're a woman, whatever it is, there's no more individualism. It's all gone. Everything is just one way of thinking done. That is called fascism. That's a, 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 a dictatorship, a complete sovereignty over the whole world. There's no uniqueness, nowhere you can escape, no place you can go. It's to say that if you are in London and you don't like their way of thinking and you're a Muslim, then you go to a Muslim country. There's none of that. Wherever you go, it will be ruled exactly the same. One world order. They call it the Great Reset. Now, Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, has been seen in videos talking about this. So you can just look this up. And he said in one of the meetings where he's speaking with a few different leaders, um, Fox News had had this on there. And he says, uh, and, and, and also uh, Tucker Carlson, uh, Dan Bongino, uh, a few different other people. Um, I think MSNBC had also brought this up. Uh, CBS. So they're all pretty much talking about the same exact thing. It's to say, you know, he, where he's talking, he says, uh, Justin Trudeau says, we should all join into this great reset. We should all be a part of this great reset. I mean, do you, do you understand this? That th this is not something that's, that's hidden. It's not a conspiracy theory. If you would have talked about this a year ago, people would have said, that's a conspiracy theory. That's not true. That's not happening. No, you can go on YouTube and put World Economic Forum. They're talking about this openly, like it's not a bad thing. So they say, uh, we should all have this. We should all be one communal thing. Now, you say to yourself, okay, well, where else has this been seen? Well, guess where else this has been seen? This has been seen in the Nazis. This was seen in Germany. Do you know what Nazi means? The word Nazi in German stands for National Socialist Nazi. Now, if you don't know, Hitler believed in this Marxism, in this communist way of thinking, in this socialist way of thinking. He believed in socialism, right? People say that there's differences between socialism, communism, and Marxism. It's really all the same way, right? There was a battle between Stalin and Hitler and their ways. Each one had exactly the same way of thinking. The only thing is, is both of them wanted to be the ruler. They didn't want to let the other one control, have complete control, right? They only wanted one dictator. Because if they really would have believed in this communist way of thinking, in this socialist way of thinking, in, 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 in this unitarian vision, right? Then they would have said, hey, let's collaborate. But they didn't. Right. Uh, Mussolini, right, the leader of Italy at the time, when Hitler was doing, you know, was conquering everything, Mussolini gave in to Hitler. But if he would have said, hey, listen, I believe in what you believe in, but I want to be the leader, then uh, Hitler would have had him murdered. He would have had him assassinated. 
Now, I went on looking at this, and if you go and you begin to look up, uh, was Hitler a socialist? Was Hitler a communist? Was it? They're going to say no. He wasn't a Marxism. He didn't believe in none of this. That's not true. So I started to think to myself, okay, let me begin to look up all the quotes of all the different people. So I began to look up all the different quotes of all these different people that were under him. So uh, his leaders, all of his, um, what do you call it? All of his generals, his lieutenants, his admirals. And listen to what one of his, this is Joseph, let me see, Joseph Gobel, Gobels, I think that's how you pronounce it, I don't know how to speak German. So he says, as socialists, we are opponent of the Jews because we see in the Hebrews the incarnation of capitalism, of the misuse of the nation's goods. Okay, so this is, for all of you who have these socialist ideas, these socialist ways, Joseph Goebbels, which is one of, of, of the people under Hitler, right? You can look at him. He's got a swastika on the side of his arm. Joseph Goebbels says, as socialist, he speaks about this, right? And, and so I thought to myself, okay, if Hitler, if they're trying to say that Hitler wasn't a socialist, he wasn't a communist, he wasn't a Marxist, whatever, he wasn't whatever they say he was, this communal way of thinking, having one fascist way of, of, of living. Okay, so if he didn't believe this, well then, if he knew that his generals, his lieutenants, his admirals were speaking in this way, he would have had them assassinated, murdered. I mean, that's there's no doubt about that. That's been seen everywhere, that anybody who did not completely agree with Hitler, he would have them killed. Hitler, in a different quote, Right, and I, I have a book in my barbershop that's called The World's Greatest Speeches. Now, Hitler's on there too. Now, Hitler was a good speaker. Did I believe in his ways? Hell no, I didn't. But he was a great speaker. And he's in that book called World's Greatest Speeches. And he says, National socialism will use its own revolution for establishing of a new world order. Hmm, what does that sound like? That sounds like the Great Reset, which is spoken about in the World Economic Forum. This is what they talk about. So, this is another one from Joseph Goebbels, or Goebbels, Goebbels. So, what does Christianity mean today? So, he's kind of saying, like, what does it mean? Like, what is it? What? It's a religion, right? National socialism is a religion, he says. All we lack is is a religious genius capable of uprooting outmodeled religious practices and putting new ones in their place. Now, I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, about taking out religion and putting new ones in place because this is spoken about in the manifesto to the Communist Party, right? And it's written by Karl Marx. This is the guy who created... Uh, the Communist Manifesto. So you see, uh, also the essay. So e e even even the the Russians, right? The Soviet Union. Everybody. So it says, I must tell you first. In order, this is from Viktor Lutz. So it says, I must tell you first. In order to clear up any uncertainty about my own position, that I never speak primarily as a member of the essay, but as a national socialist. 
since the essay cannot be independent of the National Socialist Movement, but can only exist as part of it. I mean, do you see this? This is, this is everything. L listen to what Karl Marx says himself. And he says, uh, this is part of the Journal of History of Ideas, right? Volume 42. So Karl Marx says, the classes and the races too weak to master the new condition of life must give way. They must perish in the revolutionary holocaust. Hmm. What does that sound like? That sounds like he created this idea of Marxism, of communism. He created this, this socialist way of living. What does that sound like? That sounds like Hitler killing all of the Jews. So the classes and races that are too weak, according to Hitler, Jews were too weak to master the new conditions of life, right? Must give way. They must perish in the revolutionary holocaust. This is written by Karl Marx in the Journal of the History of Ideas in volume 42. You see, this is crazy. Like we, we speak about this as if it's just, uh, I don't know, like we speak about socialism, like it's just, oh, it's good, it's good, everybody. This is why it's important that we have history and we don't erase history. As much as we don't like these generals who are slave owners, uh, presidents who are slave owners, I don't agree with it. I don't agree that anybody should be a slave to anybody. I believe that the only person that we should give our life completely to is God. So, but outside of that, like what God wants is the best. Right, a pure ideal, a pure, a pure uh, um, God, a pure omnipotent being, right? That loves completely. I think that's what we should give to. Here's another one uh, from Hitler. Right, Hitler says, "We are socialists. We are armies of today's capitalistic. We are enemies. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me let me start that over again. We are socialists. We are enemies of today's capitalistic economic system." For the exploitation of the economically weak with its unfair salaries, with its, unseeming, with its unseemly evolution of the human being according to wealth and property. Instead of responsibility and performance, we are all determined to destroy this system under all conditions. Now remember, capitalism, the meaning of capitalism is the owner of property. Private property, right? It's to say that you are the owner of the free market, of the of the business market. Okay, so so capitalism is an economic and political system in which a country's trade and industri industry are controlled by private owners for profit, rather than by state. So it's to say that you own you, the individual, owns the industry. And they get the profit. The state doesn't get the profit. All right. Now let's in Marxism. It says Marxism is a method of socioeconomic analysis that uses the materialist interpretation of historical development, better known as historical materialism, to understand class relations and social conflict, as well as dialect perspective to view social transformation. So that's what they call it, right? Marxism is to view a change, right? But what kind what 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 kind of change? So if you look up communism, the meaning of communism, 
Now, the meaning of communism is a political theory derived from Karl Marx, advocating class war and leading to a society in which property is publicly owned in, and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs. Sounds pretty good. Doesn't sound too bad, right? So I thought to myself, okay, so if if this is it, right? If this if if this is um if this is communism, I thought to myself, let's read the communist manifesto. Now, before we start all this, uh, socialism. Social in the meaning of socialism is a political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. Okay? Now, if you look down, in Marxist theory, right? So this is socialism and communism, pretty much almost the same thing. A transitional social state between the overthrow of capitalism and the realization of communism. Okay, so pretty much these are the same things. So now what exactly is communism? So you think to yourself, that sounds pretty good. Everybody gets paid the same. We all get taken care of. Remember, Hitler and Stalin, mass murderers, believed in these things. That's a lot. There's a lot of corruption. So you got to remember, if, if you have a community where everybody's equals, right, there has to be a leader because if everybody's equal, who's making all the decisions? I mean, people say, oh, okay, well, communism is we all vote. That's democracy, right? We all vote. They're like, no, 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 but communism, we all collectively do. Okay, fine. Well, there's got to be somebody who counts the votes. Like there has to be a group of people that are going to count all the votes to make sure that it all comes out good. Okay, well, what if those group of people decide to conspire and say, well, let's lie about this vote. And so it goes, we all want it to go this way. So for the good of the people, quote unquote, we need to decide for them. So even if the people are, eventually, there could be good people, but human beings are all corrupt and eventually they're all going to want their ways. So what you, what are you going to do? Eventually, one small group of people that's counting all the votes is going to change the vote and make it go another way and lie to the people. And then eventually they're just going to be like, well, we need somebody who's always going to be the overseer of everything to make sure that nobody cheats on voting. And this is how people don't understand. Communism never works. Eventually a dictator always rises to the top. There's always somebody that's got to be in control of everything. They gotta, there has to be somebody who oversees, quote unquote, communism, socialism, whatever it is, Marxism. What, I don't care what you call it. A dictator will always arise, people. Always, there's always going to be a dictator that comes out. So you see, now, going back to the Great Reset. Now you think to yourself, Juan, what does that have to do with all this that's going on? Well, guess what? In the Great Reset, guess who is Klaus Schwab's mentor? Klaus Schwab's mentor was somebody named Maurice Strong. Now, Maurice Strong, since the beginning, he had... Uh, I mean, he has, he, he, he's had a lot of different um, difficulties, so which I'm not going to say that he hasn't, right? But Maurice Strong, right? There was four children, starting with Maurice. And at times, you know, in, in many parts of their life, they were hungry. So uh, his mother 
died in a mental institution at age 56, killed by the depression, is how Strong saw it. That's he believed that the depression killed his mother, a victim of economic devolution. It was a time of great bitterness on the prairies. The young high school principal in the town, a socialist, right, took an interest in Strong. The principal found in him a fertile mind in which to sow ideas about social justice. Strong became a socialist in a family of committed liberals who had turned out the vote for Mackenzie King, which was a socialist at the time because he lived in Canada. So you have um, you have this constantly. This is this is a, a, a book, right, that was written um, a Cloak of a Green by Elaine DeWar, right? So this is um, this is what was written about him uh, in his life, right? So he was a socialist really at heart. Now, you think to yourself, okay, you know, uh, as time went by, he was known as this big uh, green supporter, uh, the climate change. He was one who pushed really hard for the United Nations to understand what climate change was. When he died, everybody was like, oh my God, Maurice Strong, this guy who supported, you know, this green change and this green way of living. So they spoke about this, right? Oh my God, he was such a great man. But what they don't know is that eventually he was caught bribing, right? So let's see, where is this? Um, so he was actually caught bribing uh, the, the UN telling the UN um, with a, through a Jordanian bank, he was caught, uh, let's see, I'm trying to find this here. He was caught bribing the, one of the, a few of the United Nations members and the guy who signed the check from, that was a worker from the Jordanian bank, signed a check over to Maurice Strong. And when he signed that check over to Maurice Strong, uh, it was it was a few million that were signed off to him. Ah, oh, let's see here. I found it. So it says, investigation into the UN's oil for food program found that Strong had endorsed a check for nine nine uh, pretty much one million dollars nine hundred eighty eight thousand dollars made out to Strong, right? So issued by a Jordanian bank, the man who gave the check. South Korean businessman Tong Sun Park was convicted in 2006 in a federal court of conspiring to bribe UN officials. So Strong resigned, right, uh, from the UN's oil for food program and fled to Canada and thence to China, where he has been living ever since. So after he died, before he died, he was in China with, with this communist living out there where they probably supported him for his ways. So you see, this man was a corrupt man. I mean, listen to how he speaks. He says, we may get to the point where the only way of saving the world will be, this is quoted by him, will be for industrialized civilization to collapse. Isn't it our responsibility to bring this about? So this is from the coherence.com.au. It says, 
what if a small group uh, this is for, uh, this is one of the quotes that was him from when he was speaking in the UN it says what if a small group of world leaders were to conclude that the principal link to the earth comes from the actions of the rich countries in order to save the planet the group decides isn't the only hope for the planet is that the industrialized civilization collapses isn't it our responsibility our responsibility to bring this about i mean think about that this this man wants to completely take out everything cuz he believes that we have to collapse everything we have to bring everything to net zero this is what is speaked about in the great reset that we need to bring everything down to zero so that um so that we can reset everything and then when the world is in a great depression and everything is completely just fallen off the face of the earth the people will cry out for the government help us help us save us save us and then the government will come out and save the people and then everybody goes wow look what they did I mean, this is what kind of hitler did he saw a great depression happening and he wanted to take over everything I mean, this is this is what kind of happened with uh, Hitler. Hitler saw that the Jews were a capitalist people, and he saw that they all own their private businesses and they're all doing very well. And he blamed the Jewish people, really, in many ways, for a lot of the the destruction that had happened. When it was more than that, I mean, it was this was a massive degradation in many levels. But he he saw it in the Jewish people too. This capitalist. Oh my gosh, look what these rich people have done to our to our economy, to our people. Mothers that couldn't feed their children and children were dying of starvation and mothers were, were depressed. And I mean, the whole country is in a great depression. And Hitler arises and they see a savior. And what do they do? They say, well, geez, that was so bad. Instead of my kids dying, I'd rather their kids die. I mean, when you're in such a difficulty and you see that your child's starving to death, you you turn a blind eye to evil and this is what happens i mean in some ways this is what they want to do they want to collapse everything so what does it say in the communist manifesto this is what the great reset is it's pretty much communism people like don't take this like oh my god what juan is saying is such a bad thing no this is pretty much communism what they speak about in all this now this is what the communist manifesto says so it says here um, I, I want to read a few different things from, from the Communist uh, Manifesto. Now, one of the things that the Communist Manifesto says is that people will own, right? This is written in the Communist Manifesto. It says that people will own nothing. They will give their property up to the state. So this is, this is written directly off of the Communist Manifesto. So what exactly? So they, they want to talk about the principles of communism here. So what is one of the things in communism that it says, um, let's see, let's hit one of these things right here that I want you guys. It says, in what way do proletarians differ from slaves? Now, remember, proletarians are pretty much the low working class. They are the, the, the poor class. So you have the bourgeois, because I might reuse some of these words that you see here. Now, the bourgeois is the middle class, so the, the hardworking middle class, and you have the proletariat the proletariat is uh workers of a working class regarded collectively often as like the poor right so they're the lowest class of citizens um 
uh, often used with reference of Marxism, the growth of industrial proletariat. So uh, really, it's the lowest, the lowest class of citizens. They are the bottom. They are the lowest part. So to put it that way, so you guys understand what I'm reading. They have different definitions of it, but in other words, it's the lowest class. It's the bottom. It's the workers, the working class. So the bourgeois is seen as the middle class. Okay, so it says, in what ways? This is written in the manifesto of the Communist Party. In what way do proletarians differ from slaves? The slave is sold once and for all. The proletariat must sell himself daily and hourly. So, because remember... Who's going to be owning everything? The government is going to be owning everything. So the proletariat must sell himself daily and hourly. Think about it. How close is this? Because somebody must have asked him. You know, uh, he, he, he wants to answer all the general questions that is typically asked during this time. And it's, well, somebody probably sat there and asked him. I can imagine in the 1800s, somebody asked him, Carl, like, what's the difference between a slave and a proletariat? Like, so he obviously is, he's answering this question and his manifesto because a lot of people were probably seeing there was no different. The slave done nothing. Everything was fine. So the slave sold, the slave is sold once and for all and the proletarian must sell himself daily and hourly. That's the difference. The individual slave property of one master is assured in existence. However miserable it may be because of the master's interest. The proletarian property, as it were, of the entire bourgeois class which buys his labor only when someone has need of it, has no secure existence. This existence is assured only to the class as a whole. I mean, do you see this? There's no difference, people. He wrote this probably at the time thinking that it sounded amazing. But now that we've gone through history and we understand a lot that's happening, this is... This is not good at all. So it says, the slave counts as a thing, not as a member of society. That's the only difference. Okay? The slave frees himself when, of all the relations of private property, he abolishes only the relation of slavery and hereby and thereby becomes a proletarian. The proletarian can free himself only by abolishing private property in general. So as to say that the slave frees himself of all the relations of private property, right? The proletarian, he's going to free himself only by abolishing private property in general. That's crazy. This is Marxism. And in this, it says that you will, you will own nothing and you will be happy because you will be attached to nothing. So all of you who believe that this great reset is a good thing, it's the same exact thing as communism. If you think, if you think communism, Marxism, or socialist, all these socialist laws that are being imposed here in America by the U.S. congressmen, by senators, by everybody, that we need to pay for everything and the government needs to have control of everything so we can all have whatever we want and the, the government is paying for everything. You don't want to do this. This is... This is what Nazis, the Nazis believed in. This is what Joseph Stalin, right, and the Soviet Union believed in. This is what Hitler believed in, right? He takes these ideas of Karl Marx and builds the superior race. Guess who else talks about a superior race? A superior human race. 
Karl Marx talks about this. So it says here, here's another one, because uh, I don't want to go through everything. The whole thing, uh, the whole book, uh, it'd it take a while for somebody, the average person to sit there and read it and to understand the language. So I kind of just want to break it down piece by piece. Certain things that I believe that are essential for everybody to kind of see the, the comparisons and how very alike they are, right? Um, uh, this great reset and this communistic mentality and even these stupid laws that we have now here in America that are happening that I, I believe is, is ridiculous. Um, so it says here, let's see. It says, what will this new social order have to be like? Above all, it will have to take the control of industry and of all branches of production out of the hands of mutual competing individuals and instead institute a system in which all of these branches of production are operated by society as a whole. In other words, he's saying the government. That is for the common account according to a common plan and with participation of all members of society. It will, in other words, abolish competition and replace it with association. Now, you got to remember, in fact, the abolition, the abolition of pri private property is doubtless the shortest and most significant way to characterize the revolution in the whole social order, which has been made necessary by the development of industry. So think about it. Nobody will own anything. And it's going to be owned by the government. That's what that, what that one says in, 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 in page 47 in the Manifesto of Communists, the Communist Manifesto. Um, one of the other questions that is asked in here, was not the abolition of private property possible at an earlier time? He put no. Every change in social order, every revolution in private relations is necessary, is a necessary consequence of the creation of new forces of production, which will no longer fit into the old property of relations. I mean, this is crazy, like reading all this, you, you guys, if you get the chance, you should read the Communist Manifesto. Um, let's see, I want to hit a few more things here before I finish off this podcast. Um, it says, um, what will be its attitude to existing religions? It says, all religions so far have been the expression of historical stages of development of individual peoples or groups of peoples. But communism is the stage of historical development which makes all existing religions superfluous and brings about their disappearance. So what it's going to do is if you believe in Christianity, Judaism, uh, if you believe in, in, in if you're uh, Islam, uh, Buddhism, uh, Muslim, I mean, whatever it is that you are, communist, the communist way will wipe out all religions. And this is what the Great Reset talks about, too. It's taking away everything from everybody and just having a, a one way of thinking. So uh, here we have, let's see. Uh, what is the attitude of the communists to the other political parties of our time? The attitude is different from the different countries. So each one supposedly will be ruled in a different way. So in America, right, this is where uh, the communist manifesto speaks about on, on the, one of the last pages. It says, in America, where a democratic constitution has already been established, 
the communist must make the common cause with the party which will turn this constitution against the bourgeois all right so check this out they're kind of giving an answer how to do it in america right where a democratic constitution has already been established it says that the communists must make a common cause so a common problem must be arisen in america with the party which will turn on the constitution which which will turn this constitution against the bourgeois and use it in the interest of the proletariat so they got to take some problem right a common cause that's happening with the party which will turn these laws against their own people and use it in the interest of the lower class now, what is happening in America? Take these laws, right, and turn them against the people who own their own private properties, their own businesses, and use it in the interest of all the poor people. Now, you got to remember, just because you own a business, it does not mean you're rich. I own my own business, and I am not rich by any means. And it's to say that those who own their own business, those who are middle class, now all these laws will go against them and it will be used in the interest of the lower class. So think about this. This is happening in America right now. And especially now that we're building, they're trying to take out the middle class, right? Laws that will completely wipe out the middle class and it will only allow the lower class to grow. So if the lower class grows, well, then all the lower class will then turn against anybody who has any kind of money. And it will create this. It will take away all private property, even the lower class owned property. Some of you in the lower class, if you're only making $40,000, $30,000 a year, right? If you're making this amount of money, guess what? You own a house, you know how small it may be. It's going to be turned over to the government with the great reset. You guys, this communist way is, this is what Maurice Strong believed in. This is what Maurice Strong was trying to bring about. This industrial collapse. And this is what the communist way, the communist manifesto speaks about in some ways. This industrial collapse. Like in, kind, in other words, we need to have a collapse of the industrial revolution in order to bring about this new world order. So, uh, I mean, he talks about this, like you can read it. It's the different questions that are asked. What were the further, the further consequences of the industrial revolution, right? Um, in what ways do proletarians differ from working, manufacturers working? These are all questions that are asked. Uh, what were the immediate consequences of the industrial revolution and the end of the division of society in bourgeois and the proletariat? I mean, these are all... Maurice Strong talks about this, about the destruction of the Industrial Revolution. And then this is what Klaus Schwab talks about. And, and Maurice Strong was his mentor. You guys, this, is, this, is, this Great Reset is not something that's new. They make commercials about this. 
trying to make it look like it's going to be a cool thing. It's going to look beautiful. They, they try real hard to show a guy smiling. I'm going to own no property and I'm going to be happy. If you want any chance you get, read The Manifesto of the Communist Party by Karl Marx and Frederick Engels. This was written on February in 1848 or published in February 1848. And, and guess what? Hitler took this and ran with it. Stalin took this and ran with it. They took these ideas and they saw a way to be able to convince the world of this idea. So, uh, be cautious, people, to everything it is that you do, everything it is that you say. If there's a, a, a podcast that you should share, it is this podcast. If you feel like your friends don't know about this, open their eyes to a lot of the truths. This communist, These communists... Uh, policies are crazy. These socialist policies are crazy. And a lot of our U.S. congressmen, our U.S. senators have embraced a lot of these crazy policies. In the 1950s, this was in the 60s and the 50s and the 40s. Communism and socialism were our worst enemies. We hated them. We were every man and woman in America was living a good life. I mean, besides the black people. They were having their difficulties at that time, obviously, because of slavery, the abolishment, and they still had segregation, and Martin Luther King was fighting a lot of these things. But guess what? Imagine having an open mind where all races have an open possibility and having the benefits and the laws of the 40s and the 50s, not these new socialist uh it sounds bad, but democratic, it's the truth. It's the truth. It's, it's mainly the Democrats that want to do this. This is dangerous. This is, look at where our, where our world is coming to. We are now in, in March 4th on a Friday, okay, in 2022. And Biden and a lot of these crazy, I mean, crazy Nancy Pelosi, um, I mean, her nephew, uh, the 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 senator, the governor of California. Um, I mean, you have all these crazy people with these crazily socialist mentalities, and look how bad they are. Look how bad this is going. This is getting terrible. I mean, I don't believe in Republican and Democrat and nothing. I don't. I don't agree with anybody. Everybody's corrupt. Everybody has their ways. I mean, you look at Ted Cruz. Yeah, he looks like a good buy. But guess what? He's got his own agendas too. He might have some good thoughts, some good ways sometimes. But he's got many of his own agendas too. Every Republican that looks like they might be good. Lindsey Graham, uh, Mitch McConnell. Uh, whatever you think, Republican or Democrat, they're all corrupt. This whole Russia thing, before we finish off, Russia is going through some difficulties. Russia has what? They, right now, there's a power plant on fire in Ukraine. There's war. There's, right now, there's a war happening right now over a power plant. I mean, imagine bombs or missiles set off this power plant, and every, it just explodes. And how many people are going to die? I don't know what's going on. They, there's a lot of things that are saying that Ukraine is part of this great reset. And it says that, that Putin does, it, is, does not agree with this whole great reset. Now, I'm not saying, listen to me very closely. I'm not saying that Putin's a good guy. Let's, let's, let's stop that right there because some of you are going to leave this podcast and be like, Juan agrees with Putin. No, I don't agree with Putin. 
But I don't agree with Ukraine. I'm not siding with anybody on this story. I say we stay out of this completely. We open up the oil here in America. This is another news. We're at about $118 a barrel right now in America. Gas is at $4. This is nationwide news. I mean, right now, the lowest gas that I can find right now is about $3.93. But they're going to go up to $4 because they always, they're always like, this gave one gas station. It's like they can't ever sell their gas fast enough. So it takes a while for them to catch up to buy the new gas. But everybody else who's popular, guess what? They're selling their gas right now at $4 a gallon. That's at about when that those uh, gas that was bought, it was probably bought when the barrels were at about $102 a gallon, maybe. Who knows? So, uh, I mean, when the barrels were at about $102 per barrel. So, the best thing for us to do is open up our pipelines. The Keystone Pipeline, we need to open that thing up. They were saying that it was causing all this destruction in the in, in the earth and, and it was destroying our agriculture, our our ecosystem. Well, guess what? They just recently did a studies and none of that's happening anywhere. So why are we still having why are we still getting our oil from Russia? If we really care about the earth, if we really cared about the earth. We would buy no oil at all if they really cared about the earth. But no, what they want is they want to buy oil from another country. If, if they believe in this whole, let's take care of the earth, right? Well, then we would stop buying oil, period. But no, let's destroy the, the ecology over in the Middle East or the ecology up in Russia or the ecology in who knows where. Let's, let's take care of our ecology, right? Let's take care of our ecosystem. Let's take care of our ozone layer. Let's take care of our waters. But, but no, let's destroy them. Let, let all their children go to hell. Let all their children breathe bad air. Let all their children's water. I mean, there's accidents that do happen with oil. And yes, can we come up with better ways to do things? Maybe, yes. But this is what entrepreneurship causes is the best man... The guy who can find a way to fix the problem and he finds a way to save all this, we pay him out. And in other businesses and other companies will grow. This is what entrepreneur does is it creates a whole new world, which is so much better and so much easier on, on, on the power plants, on the energy, on, on who knows, all kinds of things, right? This is what Elon Musk does. He has helped create another avenue of energy. In, in, in electric cars, in solar panels, right? In these battery packs that are going into homes. So if we have gas, we have, um, or we have oil, we have renewable energy, we, we open up every avenue. I mean, you guys, this is, this is getting nuts. Do not listen. Do not fall on one side of this whole Russian thing. I'm pro-Russia, I'm pro-Ukraine, I'm pro-USA, I'm pro-Europe. Guess what? Everybody was pro-going to the Middle East with Colin Powell speaking about all these nuclear bombs. And then guess what? We found out that those were big lies later on. 
I bet you how many people feel guilty about being pro-Middle East and then finding out that we were fighting a war that had nothing to do with what was being told to us in the news. Everything is going to come out. We shouldn't be pro-Ukraine, pro-Russia. Let's stay away from everything. Let's first take care of our own home. You know, there's an interesting saying that uh, Jordan Peterson talks and he says, before you go trying to fix the world, fix your own home. In the Bible, it says the same thing. It says, before you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, look at the log in yours. We got enough problems here in America. Let's fix the problems here in America. Let's be self-sustaining, a self-sustaining country. We're a big enough country where we have enough resources here to do a lot of things by ourselves. We don't need a lot of things from other countries. So let's not worry about the world. Let's try to help Ukraine in some ways, but mm, let's hold back a little bit. Before we going, before we stop buying oil from Russia, if we stop buying oil from Russia and we start doing a lot of these things and we sign up with uh, the Middle East, there's some deals that are trying to be worked out right now as we speak in the Middle East. You guys, th- there's a, a few places that believe that the, the oil, a barrel, is going to be $185 per barrel. Just think about doubling your gas prices. This is nuts, people. Don't side with anything right now. Forget about absolutely everything. Just pray for the Ukrainian people, these children who are suffering. Just pray for the mothers and the children who had to say goodbye to their husbands because Ukraine is not letting the the fathers and, and young boys, anybody from the ages of, I forgot, 16 to 65 or something like that. They're not letting them leave the country, period. So just pray for these people that they can be okay. That's all we need to pray for. Let's not worry about anything else. Let's not worry about whose side, who's the monster, who's this. I bet you and quote me today. Friday, March 4th at 10.44 p.m., I'm saying this. I bet you we're going to find out in maybe five years. Maybe not as long as it took with the war in the Middle East. Maybe in five years because we're living in a, in a time, in an epoch, where news and things get out so fast now. There's whistleblowers that, are, that can, they found out new laws and new ways to protect whistleblowers. There's going to be a whistleblower that's going to blow this whole thing apart. And in five years, it's going to come out and people are going to be like, oh, my God. And we thought that this person was the bad person. Now, I'm not saying Russia. I'm not saying Ukraine. I don't know who's the bad person. I don't. Ukraine is on the side of this whole great reset. Putin isn't. Now, Putin is killing a lot of Ukrainian people. I don't agree with that. I don't like that. But once again, I'm not pro-Democrat, pro-Republican. I'm pro-nothing. I'm not pro-Ukraine, pro-Russia, pro-Putin, or pro-whatever this guy's name is. I can never pronounce it from the Ukraine, the leader of Ukraine. I'm just pro-life. So with that, I leave you. Share this podcast. let's, Let's wake everybody's eyes up. Allow them to see a different perspective. Allow them to open their eyes. I might say things that are controversial and that you don't like, especially like the last news for thought. If you didn't like that last part, I'm sorry. But that's just natural psyche. That's just the way things are. 
forgive me. There's a lot of analytical data that's already out on those things, on on this whole uh, transsexuality. I'm I'm not against anybody. I'll be honest with you. I'm really not. I have a I, I cut hair and I cut a lot of clients who have their ways and their lifestyles. I don't judge nobody. I mean it, but I also don't want people not being well informed before they make big decisions in life. I believe we all have a choice. If God Himself does not come down from the heavens and make us do His well will, who the hell is Juan Cruz to make anybody do His will? You guys, I'm not perfect. I was a thief. I used, I used to do my wrongs on, on lifting cars. I used to uh, steal. I used to do all kinds of stuff, stuff when I was a younger boy. I mean, truly, I, I was bad. So I don't look at anybody and judge their lifestyles and how they do things. But I wish somebody would have told me the truth a long time ago and been a lot more harsh with me. My mom and my dad were, and I believe that that's what allowed me to be. But if the world, the whole world would have been more open about the truth, maybe a lot of things wouldn't happen. Who knows? Maybe they would have still happened. Maybe I, I believe that it all needed to happen in order for me to be the best person that I am today. And I'm still growing. I'm still learning so much. So share the podcast, rate the podcast, and subscribe. Keep listening to the News for Thought. I'm going to try to keep you updated with everything that's happening in Russia. I'm going to try to give you a good, clean perspective, a non-biased perspective, okay? I really try. I try. Maybe on the last, on some of them, you hear me being a little bit biased. I'm sorry. But I try. I try. All I can do is say that I try to be the best that I can be on all these things. So until next time, God bless.